Cavs fans, history's been made. It's been 9,188 days, but there's finally a playoff win without LeBron James. He's been great. His time in Cleveland, second to none. But to finally, officially write this new chapter in history says this organization is here, they're back, and they're going places. Heck of a win over the Knicks tonight. Going to spend the next 20 or so minutes discussing it, the implications of this win, and how we might be able to take some momentum from it and propel us forward. Zach Weiss here. This is Across the Cavs. Let's talk game two and how the Cavs prevail. Ladies and gentlemen, good evening and welcome inside the latest edition of Across the Cavs on a historic Tuesday night in April. 9,188 days later, the Cavaliers, without a number 23 on the roster by the name of LeBron James, have won in the playoffs. Yes, it's been a minute, but they're back. And perhaps better than ever, a night to remember. Highlight plays galore. Career highs by a number of individuals. A seven-man rotation for the final 45 minutes and 15 seconds. But my, oh my, what a wonderful day. Where to begin is a great question that really doesn't have an answer. The Cavs came out and they played hard. They played their tails off. They did everything they could. And guess what? It was enough. It was more than enough. The Cavs at one point were up by 29 points. They won the game by 17 in total. They won the first three quarters. And by the time the fourth quarter was done, the starters were out. It was a scary moment late in the game. Julius Randle went up for a big dunk, which he got. Jared Allen was contesting him on this dunk. And when that happened, unfortunately for both sides, Randall may have tweaked his back. Allen was okay, thankfully, from the Cavs side. Obviously, you do want Julius Randle to be okay. You don't want to see an injury. But he had to go to the locker room a little early, and it's crazy. Thibodeau's the coach. They were down, and the game was out of reach. And Derek Rose, who this happened to 12 years ago, was on the bench. It's a wild world out there. Anything can happen when you get in the playoffs, but hopefully Julius is fine. Where to begin? Donovan Mitchell only took 11 shots. When's the last time this happened? It certainly hasn't occurred when he's played a complete game with the Cavs. Six out of 11. Here's the important stat. He had only two turnovers. He had two steals. He had a block. 13 assists for Donovan Mitchell. He's never had more than 13 assists in a game in his NBA career. Not in the regular season, not in the postseason. He's had plenty of double-doubles, but 12 had been the previous high. So it is good to see him dishing like that. He was doing that from the beginning because Darius Garland was on fire in the in the opening minutes of the game. He got 11 free throws in the first half. He had 26 points going to the break and added two more threes in the third quarter when the Knicks started to make a run, giving him 32 for the night. 32 points, seven assists, six threes, plus 29. We already mentioned that Mitchell was plus 24. 
Evan Mobley, 13-13, and 13, two blocks, two steals. No jumpers for him. He was just getting inside, and that's really all he needed to do. Didn't have to do too much. He was confident in his game. Jared Allen, nine points. That's not what's important here. Three blocks, three steals, six offensive rebounds. He was making his rounds. Karis LeVert. Karis LeVert, 9 of 16, four triples, plus 23. He played almost 40 minutes. So excluding the first 245 of the ball game was in pretty much the entire time. 24, 4, and 3. Buckets throughout. Jetty Osman really cooled off after his game one performance. 5, 6, and 3 shot just 2 out of 9. He did hit a three off Donovan Mitchell's crazy Henry Rowan Gartner-like pass. The fact that I'm able to quote from Rookie of the Year, and it's accurate, something I really like. That's one of the favorite movies for me growing up. Henry Rowan Gartner pitching for the Chicago Cubs. Just a young kid. Breaks his arm, and it leads to him being this super talented pitcher because he's able to bend it at angles you're not supposed to. And the amount of fire with which he can toss that thing is just wild. Mitchell went up for a possible poster on Hardenstein, gave up midway, and just windmilled it to Jetty Osman down there. The athletic ability of him to make this happen, truly, truly insane. I'll be watching this one for a long time. I mean, I'm just thinking about this game and how excited I am and how pumped you know, I've been a fan for a long time, like many of you. A lot of playoffs in the past, and just looking back, it's un—it's unreal. It's—it's it's surreal. I was on Sports Grid earlier today, talking about what they had to do. Seeing it come to life is fantastic. You know, we all think we know what a team has to do to win. I'm no different than any writer or any analyst, and I'm wrong as much as anybody. But I certainly enjoyed being right and watching the Cavs come away with one of the biggest wins in franchise history. There's really only been four, three successful eras in Cavs history prior to this one. And it's hard to even call the miracle at Richfield, the, the 70s, a good era because they only won one playoff series for their first, what, 18, 19 years? No better than the Minnesota Timberwolves in that regard. But... They had their moment, the big shot, Miracle at Richfield, mid-70s, their first decade of existence. Then it took a while. Then Price, Darty, Nance, and company came in, and they made enough plays. Obviously, Craig Elo, part of that. Steve Kerr had a little time in Cleveland. And after that, we got to wait for LeBron James, and there were kind of two eras but they lost a lot in between. And now they got another one. Only four playoff series wins without James ever. That's why this is so important. You're trying to establish that as a franchise, you can win without James because people are always going to find a way to just talk about LeBron, LeBron. Oh, is LeBron going to come back to Cleveland again? Is he going to bring Bronny and yada, yada, yada? That won't happen. He's done here. For better, for worse, LeBron had some good moments with the Cavs. There's some great ones, I should say. Brought a title, five trips to the finals. All-time leader in many categories. But this is where the Cavs as an organization 
can start to understand there's a new identity here. It's not about 23. It's about 45. It's about 10, 4, 31, 3, 16. And to think, LeBron's final season during his first Cavs tenure was when Danny Green came to town. Their first playoff win without James in 25 years, guess who plays 20 minutes off the bench? Danny Green. Got him off waivers in February. Buyout market. Been waiting a long time to see him have a serious impact. And look, we checked the box score, and Danny Green had three points, four rebounds, two steals. That's not much, right? Minus two. But here's the thing. He was solid on defense. He stood his ground. He didn't he didn't brick any shots. The one shot he missed really didn't hurt them. And the second after he missed, he made one. But unfortunately, there was a foot out of bounds on the catch. So it did not wind up being a hoop for him. He spread the floor. He was better than Dean Wade and Ricky Rubio. Jetty was horrible. So honestly, there were five really good players. And they all played a lot of minutes. 35, 39, 38, 36. We'll see if they choose to go back to Okoro in the next game or not, or if LeVert takes over, if Okoro even gets minutes. He hasn't been making shots, and his impact was very minimal over these first couple of contests. That's no secret. That's no surprise. So we'll see what does happen. But for the second straight contest, barring and including that last couple of minutes where Lopez and Neto came in, it was a seven-man rotation in the second half, and really for the last 45 minutes, because Isaac picked up two fouls and never came back in the game. He did draw a charge. That was his only highlight. Let's talk about the Knicks. They are the team the Cavs just beat, after all. Julius Randle shot eight for 20 with six turnovers. Jalen Brunson shot five for 17. He did have four steals, 20 points, six assists. Very ineffective, one of eight from deep. Josh Hart, who was a... Big talk of the last game was a minus 29 with five and four. He was playing on a bad ankle. Some of Mace even got up for this game. Quentin Grimes, zero field goals. Obi Toppin was okay. Emmanuel quickly, four of eight. Hartenstein, seven rebounds, five assists. Until Robinson was solid with his four blocks, but he was invisible. He only actually had two shot attempts, five rebounds. He's getting $15 million a year to block shots. Remember when Bismack Biombo got that contract to be a backup for Vucevic in Orlando and it was four years, 72 million or when Jan Mahimi got a four year, 64 or when Timofey Mozgov got a four year, 64. Remember that era of these crazy contracts and these backup bigs that are getting laughable money almost, you know, Wild times. Very much wild times. Mitch isn't that bad. He makes a difference on the court defensively, but he has no bag. You know who has more of a bag than Mitchell Robinson? Your grandmother, who said she used to play when she was a teenager, hasn't touched a ball in 50 years. Probably has more of an offensive bag than Mitch. Look, not trying to be a hater. I understand he's seven feet. All he can do is dunk. People talk about Giannis just runs and dunks all day. James Harden said that, I believe. Mitch can't even do that. The ball's never in his hands. He doesn't call for the ball. He doesn't have a post game. 
He commits fouls. He blocks shots and he gets injured once or twice a year. He's valuable for what the Knicks need. They don't need a score per se, but you think about games and you're bringing in Hardenstein, who also doesn't have much of a, sh- of a shot. He is great, by the way. I miss him very much. Seven boards, five assists. His minus seven was better than Mitch's minus 10. He did outplay Mitch Robinson for a reason, but man, the fact that Thibodeau loves to run his starters into the ground at times, but does not do that with Robinson tells you what you need to know. He's not all there as far as playing his game. And remember when he called himself the best center in New York? Nick Claxton is three times better than Mitchell Robinson. And if Nick Claxton was the same weight as Mitchell Robinson, he was a little bigger. I'm not saying Mitchell Robinson's beefy. He's really not. He is compared to Claxton. If he was Mitch's weight, we'd have a tie series in Brooklyn where they're going to host the Sixers for the next two games with some crazy cheap tickets. You can get in for $70 looking at what some of these stadiums on the West Coast have looked like. And trying to go to MSG, forget about it these next couple of games. Not worth the hassle. Maybe in Cleveland, if they go far enough. But man, Mitchell Robinson's got to be better. Jalen Brunson was not the guy he was in the last game. And what I found interesting with the Knicks was... The sub-pattern started out the same. Five minutes in, they pull Julius Randle, and they bring in Obi Toppin. Randle then pretty much plays the rest of the second. He plays the entire second, almost the entire third, and comes in and plays a lot of the fourth. And he came in with some injury issues. It's pretty clear that, you know, I was back might be a problem. You have to see how everything does transpire. But you hate to see injuries, so you do hope Randall's okay. But I, Thibodeau had no idea what he was doing with keeping him in at the end. We remember the Derrick Rose situation. Could have happened again. And if it did, how would we feel? How would he feel? knowing that you're down 23 with two minutes left in a playoff game, the series is going to be tied at the end of the day. So you really don't have too much to to gain. You can put up a fight leading into the next contest, but it's not worth it. I don't think he ever pulls his starters completely. Stings to be Derek Rose and Evan Fournier, though. If you're Evan Fournier in the midst of a $20 million a year contract, you left a good situation in Boston to go to New York where they started you and by midway through year two of this contract, you're on the bench. So, and for Derek Rose, we don't know how much time he has left in the NBA. His career has been marred by significant injuries and what ifs. So might he make a difference? Hard to say, but that he's on the bench, not playing at all is just so Hard to look at, understanding what he's been through. He's accepted his mentorship role. He's a fan favorite with the new Knicks, and he should be. But it's still tough that he's not getting playing time after everything he's been through and keeping himself healthy for a full year, finally. It's tough. It it is very much tough. And you look at some of the head-to-heads and individual matchups, Mobley and Allen took care of the bigs. They were playing fantastically. 
on both ends. They were active on the glass. Finishing inside. The Cavs were getting all the second chances they didn't have in game one. Won the battle of threes. There's nothing they weren't doing. This was a complete game. We were down 12-4. And from there, Cavs started to play their game. This is a win to be proud of. Like I said in the beginning, and we're going to keep saying it throughout, Cavs haven't won a playoff series without LeBron since 92-93. It's their first win without him in the playoffs in almost 9,200 days. I was two at that time. I was still speaking in babbles. And now, and that, that's just a personal fact. That really has no bearing on what actually happened. But it's it's true. Look at him now. Donovan Mitchell is a Cleveland Cavalier, man. And a really good one. Darius Garland hung 26 in the first half. Don dished out 13 assists. Both bigs got double-digit rebounds. Karis LeVert scored 24. We got players. Knicks fans thought they were all that after winning one game. I don't think the Cavs are all that for winning this one game. Regardless of how good they were tonight, still lost game one. Failed to close it out. Couldn't rebound. Couldn't stop Josh Hart. So, couldn't keep Jalen Brunson either. Second half from going off. They righted the ship. Now they're going to go on the road. Remember how loud MSG got during that Hawks series? There's going to be a lot of hate from Knicks fans. They're going to be booing Donovan like crazy. They're going to be booing Jared Allen now like crazy. It's going to be uber physical. It's got to be up for the challenge. And if you're going to change the rotation again, maybe we see Omar Stevens for a Coro. Overt likely now becomes the starter. She hasn't been since early in the campaign. Certainly curious to see how it does go. Because he only played the first two minutes, 45. They didn't replace his minutes with a new player. So ultimately, we'll see what does happen, what gets determined by all these moves and decisions. It's just, this, this series is awesome. Cavs got the win today, enthused about it, thrilled. Hashtag let them know is what I have to say. This is just such a great moment for the Cavs. They were ready for it. They played unreal in this contest. And we're going back to New York 1-1. Just take one of two and home court comes back. My original pick for the series was Cavs in six. And after seeing tonight's effort, I think I'm still cool with that. So was supposed to have Pete Kennedy on originally. We've spoken throughout the week. Both had some things going on. So we will get him on again during this series. So don't worry about that. Got some other guests planned for the postseason. Again, perhaps some interesting pod network news coming for you in the next couple weeks. But the Cavs won a game tonight in the playoffs in Cleveland. Something they hadn't done, again, without LeBron James in 9,188 days. And if you add LeBron, you still have to go back. Last playoff home win. Conference finals. Eastern Conference against the Celtics in 2018. 
That feels like worlds ago. That was before Colin Sexton was in the NBA. But that'll bring us to the end of today's episode. If you like what you heard, drop a review. Head to Apple. Head to Spotify. Five stars. Share it with your cousins. Share it with your grandparents, your great-grandparents, your abuela. Everybody should be listening to this. But I'm Zach. This is Across the Calves, and we will see you again real soon. Ciao.